Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Welcome, listeners, to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, where we're talking everything college hoops, especially in March, and a few other items as well, of course. Thanks to Blog Talk Radio for powering us up and getting us in your ears. Thank you to Bell Jar for our intro and outro music. And thank you, listeners out there, for tuning in and carving out the time. We know you could have been anywhere else on the dial during your busy week, but you chose to be here with us, Mike and Gus. And you know what? We appreciate that. So thank you. It's March, folks. We're getting there. We're getting close. You heard Mike's training montage uh, earlier this week, we hope. And you heard who he selected at his national champion prior to the WCC championship game, which makes kind of perfect sense now, doesn't it? So what we'll do here, uh, we'll give you a little mid-week mid-major, if that's okay with everybody. I'll hit you up with a couple of the mid-majors that are welcome to March. We just want to say tickets, please. Tickets. Taking tickets here. Who we, who needs a ticket to the big dance? Some teams, some programs, some coaches, some student-athletes that punched their ticket to the big dance, and they are going to be part of the biggest spectacle of our sport in just a short week. Their names are going to be called on Selection Sunday. They are the winners of their conference tournaments. So let's get to some congratulations. Let's get to some. Uh, let's get to some cheers. Let's get to some. Let's get to some celebrations. Starting the SoCon Southern Conference, where luckily the number one and the number two seed faced each other in the conference finals. We had UNCG, UNC Greensboro, and East Tennessee State. It was a second-half shutdown on defensive end for UNCG. Tight game in the first half. UNCG wins it 62-47 over East Tennessee State. East Tennessee State unfortunately got nothing from one of our favorites, Desan for Bradford. He went one for nine from the field. That's not what that's not what you're looking for in a championship type environment and a crowning achievement type situation where you're looking to get the automatic bid. When your best player plays unbelievably average and even we can even call that subpar, then that's what's going to happen. UNCG was led the whole entire tournament. Francis Alonso, he hit a beautiful, impactful shot. A game-winning shot early on in the tournament to catapult UNCG to the finals. Um, and they won this game without a really big game from him. Uh, Alonzo, you know, averages 15 points a game and over three assists a game. A 6'3 junior has been uh, absolutely rock solid for UNC Greensboro. Um, and it's nice to see that the number one seed gets through here. The conference grit that the SOCON displays over and over again, I think is going to translate well in March. And I think... UNC Greensboro is worth paying attention to, depending on who their matchup is uh, moving forward when the brackets are released, simply due to their grit, their defensive prowess, and how they're going to try to lock down and compete. Congratulations, UNC Greensboro from the SOCON, getting the invite and going dancing. Love that. Let's go to the MAC, the M-A-A-C. Iona, third straight trip to March, defeating the Fairfield Stags. Iona just stomps the Fairfield Stags in the second half, 83-71. 
And to be honest, I have a question. Like, if you're playing Iona, who are you guarding? Who are you going to focus on? They have so many players that put up points. Looking, listen, they attack over and over again on offense. Everybody has the green light from three. They constantly put you in pick-and-roll mismatch situations. They have player freedom from Coach DJ Clue. That's right. We're going to start with that nickname. He's done an unbelievable job. It seems like this is a number 16 seed, seemingly. And I think, you know, Mike Randall is constantly on the quest for the perfect bracket and wants to pick these 16 seeds correctly. I think Iona is a really live, interesting 16 seed due to the way due to the way that they play on the offensive end and due to the, like, I don't know, house money they're going to be playing with now that they've made it to March after being 500 in conference. So it's not like Iona did their usual trick of, like, dominate the conference, win the conference tournament, and then make it in. They were very average during the conference season. So kudos. Congratulations to the Gales. Love that they're in again for the third straight season. Coach DJ Clue doing his thing. I think it's only a matter of time before he gets a couple of sniffs from a uh, a bigger program somewhere along the line, and then he has a decision to make. But congratulations to Iona. Uh, let's go to my hometown, or I guess one of my hometown conferences, the CAA. Northwestern and the College of Charleston might have played the game of the day here. Northeastern up big in the first half and put a big gap on the College of Charleston. It was There was two crucial calls that the, the, the officials got right on replay both times at the end of regulation and then again in overtime with uh, College of Charleston going for the strip, hit it off the knee of the Northwestern player, uh, Northeastern player, and the refs went to the table and actually got it right. So that's one of the few times that we can live with this long, arduous replay delay that we, that we have as viewers and watchers of these games. But it was worth it here, and they got it right. College of Charleston gets the automatic bid and wins 83-76 in overtime. What a classic game. College of Charleston was down 17 in the second half, and they were down 36-23 to at the half. Huge threes in overtime for Marquise Pointer and Joe Chingley. Stud. 32 points. 16 of 16 from the free throw line. Got fouled on a three-pointer in a crucial moment with under a minute to play. Grant Riller had the quietest 20 points that you could ever imagine. You know how we've championed Grant Riller on the Screen the Screener College Basketball Mid-Major Podcast. He played second banana tonight to Chinley's lead dog. And Brantley helps out with a huge double-double. And he is just a bull on the block in this game. He got a bunch of easy buckets. He competed for each one of those buckets down low. When he was double teamed, he just kind of like, you know, muscled his way through that. Really impressed with the College of Charleston. Those three players, Cheely, Riller, Brantley, they're going to scare whoever's scouting them and who's ever in the three seed in their bracket because I bet they get a 14 seed. Really got to take a close look at the College of Charleston. Because they do have players, and those players can ball out. And guess what? 
They are so not scared of the moment, especially after being down 17 in a championship game and coming back and winning that thing in overtime. I bet they play with a little bit of freedom in that first round game, and that might be worth paying attention to in the first half. And not only that, they broke Northeastern's nine-game winning streak that they had going on in conference, so they beat a super hot team coming in, and Northeastern, I think, is just going to be like, ugh, it's going to be one of those brutal, awful losses that sticks with you, literally will stick with you for your lifetime, where you had the game, you played so efficiently in the first half, and then a couple of bad call, you know, a couple of tough calls, not bad calls, tough calls, a couple of missed threes, and boom, you lose the game in overtime. Man. How about the horizon? The horizon is exciting as always, right? The horizon representative will be Wright State. Wright State beats Cleveland State. 74-57. Uh, Cleveland State gave it a ride. That under 500 team that makes the, the you know, the, this is why, this is the Cinderella story that we're talking about each and every year. We talk about a team like this that says like, oh, you never believe that they're going to make it. And Cleveland State made it to the finals. Got a little outclassed by Wright State. Wright State's got some players. Wright State also has a coach that's been there. Scott Nagy, the former uh, uh, South Dakota State coach that uh, took that team to the tournament in uh, 2016. I think Mike Dom was a freshman on that team playing six-man role. So Nagy knows what it's like to get to the tournament and knows how to navigate you know, this next week or so uh, while we're waiting for games. So I think Wright State is in really good hands. And keep an eye. Do they give Wright State a 16 seed and stick him in Dayton? If they do, that's interesting because I bet Wright State fans will pack that building like nobody's business. I don't know if that's going to happen, but I think that's something worth paying attention to. And if the seed lines line up that way, they might be playing a quasi-home game. So, Wright State, congratulations. Congratulations on representing the crazy horizon, and congratulations on defeating the unbelievable upstart Cleveland State. 6'3", senior Grant Benzinger went for 19-9 and in the championship game. Gotta love Benzinger. One of your seniors that you count on came up with a big game and a big moment. And let's not disparage or ignore what else Wright State has going on and what Coach Nagy has going on. He's got a 6'9 frosh. London Love, who is a load. He's 275 pounds and is almost averaging a double-double. 13 points and a uh, 7 point, uh, I'm sorry, 9.7 rebounds during the season. And is going to get his numbers and not get pushed around by anybody. And they also have an impactful freshman, 6'5 Hall, off the bench, who's scoring at over nine points a game, but has been playing really well lately over his last seven to five games. So it's not just a one-trick pony here for Wright State. They do have some interesting parts that I think are also worth paying attention to in March. You might think Horizon, ah, the Horizon is always crazy. Like, you know, Oakland gets upset last year. You got Cleveland State with a sub-500 record in the finals. Like, this, 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 this league is absolutely nutty. You got a coach that's been there before. You got some players. You got your vet in Benzinger. You got talented freshmen and freshmen in Hall and Love. Ah, I think Wright State. I think you got to look at the matchup. Take a peek. Hey, 
Congratulations to the NEC March Madness participant LIU Brooklyn. Holy smokes, they go and win on the road at Wagner 71-61. Joel Hernandez outscored Wagner through like the first 23 minutes of the game by himself. The dude was a straight-up stud. The 6'3 senior is averaging over 20 points a game on the season and absolutely played like the best player in the league. Hernandez was amazing in this game in the first half especially and carried this team to a road victory. Derek Kellogg does have, much like Nagy, some NCAA experience. He got a cup of coffee when he's with UMass, and they were a six seed. They did lose in the first round, but he does know how to navigate this week and, and get his team ready. I think Brooklyn is definitely going to be, I don't know, maybe they'll be matched up with uh, a right state in that 16-16 game. Who knows? Uh, but I think they'll be in Dayton as one of those 16 playing games because they were not one of the top teams in the NEC making the finals and then being their representative. Uh, Raekwon Clark, 6'6 junior guard, averaging over 17 points a game and 17 boards a game. That is quite a duo with him and Hernandez. Look, on the quest for the top uh, undefeated bracket that you're looking at, I think it'd be silly to ignore a coach that has NCAA experience, two like stud players in Hernandez and Clark, in that 16-16 game, I, I look, it's worth paying attention to Brooklyn. And congratulations to them, LIU Brooklyn, representing the NEC. We got to the summit, and we had, of course, the showdown that you wanted. You had South Dakota and South Dakota State. The game lived up to the hype. South Dakota got a little gap on South Dakota State, and that gap kind of remained. But the game was entertaining, high-scoring. South Dakota State wins 97-87. South Dakota State will be the March representative for the summit. Congratulations to the Jackrabbits. That is two straight trips to March Madness. And after last year's experience, I think they won't be so shell-shocked. Of course, all the attention, all the credit will go to and should go to Mike Dom. He just had another double-double in a championship game. You know, no biggie. Just going and doing his thing. He is so unique as a scorer. He can shoot the three as a 6'9 stretch. He can post you up and is not afraid to do some dirty work down low. He does have a mid game. He's agile and crafty with the ball. He's just not a scorer. He can dribble a little bit. He's got a little jab step series. He will pass the ball around and he's creative with the ball. And guess what? He's got a couple of people to pass to. Hello, and welcome to March, David Jenkins Jr. The Frosh has been playing hot and cold the entire season, but he has flashed at certain moments. And guess what? He flashed in a big way in the championship game. Jenkins Jr. goes for 25 plus, goes for 29 in the championship game, and was kind of the difference maker. Made shots from all over the court. Couple threes. Couple drives, mid-range game. Dude is a player. Also, when you look at these mid-majors, you have to look to see if they have the veteran, the lifer, the lifer of the program that's invested in years and years in the program and buys into the system. Reed Tallinghusen, guess what? He's your guy. Senior had 15-plus points in the championship game and has played nothing 
but a rock all season for this Jackrabbit team. So this Jackrabbit team isn't just going to be a trendy pick. I think it could be a right pick, a correct pick, an accurate pick moving forward in March because of the unique talent that is Dom, the blossoming freshman that is Jenkins Jr., and the rock-steady effort and commitment that you're going to get from retelling Houston. Really impressive win for South Dakota State. Now listen, we wanted just to give you a, a heads up. We wanted to tell you that we're partnering with my bookie AG. You know, ever since we started the podcast, Mike and I, people have been asking us advice. Who do you like? Do you like this team in this game? And usually it's for, you know, you know, what do you think is going to happen in the game? Well, let's just let's just say this. When you're betting, it's just as important as where you're betting as who you're betting. So that's why we're going to direct you to mybookie.ag. Mybookie has been in the business for years. The rep is rock solid. You know, Mike put some money down on a couple of games. That's where he puts it down on. They do 50 to 100% cash bonuses. So off the bat, you're going to be ex- you have extra money in your account for doing absolutely nothing. And they have some of the fastest payouts in the business with 48-hour processing on any wager that you're going to make. When you win, you get paid. So you know who's going to win. You know, you listen to us, so hopefully we help you with who's going to win. Why don't you lay down a little money and win big today? Listen, we'd only recommend this service to the listeners because it's been good to us. And we wouldn't be silly to direct you to a different place. That's why we're urging you to make your way to my bookie. Check it out. They got some in-game wagering. You know how those second half lines are always exciting. Live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business and an all-new mobile app that makes wagering on the go way easier, especially if you're out with your boys or your girls or your crew during March Madness and you, you feel great about a game and you want to get a bet in. They have that app for, so you can do that. So jump in, join my bookie. They'll match your deposit with up to 100% bonus. Use the promo code for us. Use the promo code SDS to activate the offer for your uh, percentage bonus. Visit mybookie.com. Uh, I'm sorry, mybookieag today. And when you play, you win, you get paid. Look, you're feeling good about these things. You're feeling good about a game that you, uh, a bracket that you see in March. You're feeling good about something in the ACC tournament, the Big East tournament coming up, or the SEC tournament coming up, and you're you're like, I I know this is going to happen. I heard Mike and Gus talk about it on the podcast. Let me get a little action on this game. Hit up my bookie. They're going to help you out. Use SES as a promo code to get your uh, bonus when you deposit some money. Go for it. Like make it happen. Have look smart at the water cooler. That's what we're gonna ask you to do. Yo, you know what we got going on? We got a little midweek Gus got next. Yo, we got next. Yo, let's go. I gotta tell you, if I'm running with these guys, I gotta stretch out my calves a little bit. I don't want to cramp up. You know when it's like 15, 15. I, I definitely am gonna stretch out my calves, do some wall stretches. Might stretch out the hammies too. Get some, uh, you know, get some dribble. Get some dribble drills in just to make sure I'm not going to get a turnover because I do not want to turn over the ball if I'm playing with these boys. Yo, Gus Scott next. We're going to highlight some mid-major players during the week. 
that may not be on your radar, and we just wanted to give a little shout-out to these fellas because of their superior play. And all of these fellas, all of these student-athletes, put up giant performances in their conference tournaments. Some of them in winning uh, contests, some of them in losing contests. But, yo, I got next, and this is my squad. This is who I'm running with. You know, we saw him tonight put up some big numbers, but I'd like to champion Childs from BYU. Dude put up 33 in the upstate of St. Mary's to get BYU to the championship game against Gonzaga. Guy's going to pop up on some NBA radars. He's got a unique skill set and a unique body. I'm running with Childs. You know, we you know we need a paint touch. That's what we're going with. Yo, you know who else we got? We got Jordan Talley, UNC Wilmington. My man went for 37, the senior point guard, in a win over Hostra in the CAA tournament. You love when your senior point guard can put up big, giant numbers in the conference tournament and help your team make it to the semifinals, and that's exactly what Jordan Talley did. Jordan Talley's going to run the point for us. He's going to make some open threes, make some nice baseline jumpers. Yo, you know who else we got? We didn't mention him in the rundown, but I got Roland Griffin from Iona, 6'7". Just went for 29, 8, and 4 blocks. He was killer on the pick and roll. His effort was outstanding throughout the contest. You can tell that he wanted that game. And Coach DJ Clue could not take him off the court. So, yo, I'm running a little pick and roll with Roland Giffen. He's going to make me look good for my owner. And then finally, we're rolling with Nathan Knight. We've mentioned Knight on the podcast, mid-major podcast, a couple times from William & Mary. Very unique player, 6'10 in the CAA, can do a little bit of everything. He can board, he can shoot it, he's going to post you up down low. Dude went for 31-7 and in the loss to College to Charleston, which was very lively. Only lost by 10, 83-73. 6'10 tribe member, Nathan Knight. We're going to give it to him in the post. So, yo, I got next. You know who I'm wrong with? I got Childs BYU. Putting up 33 against St. Mary's, upsetting St. Mary's and crushing their tournament hopes in some fashion. Yo, we got Tally, Jordan Tally from UNCW, UNC Wilmington. Senior point guard goes for 37, one of the finest games of his career. Yo, I got Roland Griffin from Iona. Dude helped his Gales get into the NCAA tournament with a 29-point performance in the championship game. And yo, we need a paint touch. We need to score down low. We're going to give it to Nathan Knight and do his thing for William and Mary. Big man went for 31-7 and in the loss to College of Charleston. No shame losing into the conference champion and your March Madness representative. Right, folks? So, yo, I got next. That's my squad. I'm not getting off until next week, but we'll probably get off this weekend. And I'll give you another Gus Scott next this weekend. Man, that's a squad. That might. That's one of the best squads we've had on Gus Scott next this whole entire podcast. That's fantastic. Uh how about this? Save this for last. Kind of knew this was coming. How about the WCC? Got Gonzaga, BYU. Gonzaga totally outclasses BYU. Kind of puts the defensive clamps on them. 74-54? Yikes. Gonzaga, like, totally impressive here. That's 20 straight NCAA trips for Gonzaga. What does that even mean? Does that, like, how is that even possible? Out of a uh, you know, quote unquote, mid-major conference. When you go twenty straight times, like at one of those times, aren't you going to get tripped up? Aren't you going to run into like an injury? Aren't you going to run into like a I don't know, like a hot team in the conference tournament when you've had a down year? 
Like, doesn't one of those factors play into this and, like, say, like, oh, you know what? Karma just wasn't on our side this year. I guess not for Gonzaga, huh? Man. Well, anyway, for the Bulldogs, Killian Tilly was the tournament MVP. And this is unbelievably ironic because Tilly was not even placed on the first team all WCC, which is crazy. Tilly went for 22, 24, and 26 in the tournament and obviously looked like the best player on the floor. An interesting wrinkle to his game. This was not always apparent during the regular season and definitely wasn't on display last year. Is the three-point proficiency that he's shown in this tournament. Maybe he really likes Las Vegas. I don't know. But if I were you and I were in Las Vegas and I was playing roulette, I'd put something on number 33 because that guy was banging threes from all over the place. I think he only had one miss the whole entire tournament. Man, he's going to be an issue moving forward in March because they can play inside out anytime they want now. If they run him off the block out to the wing for an open three, like, and he's a willing passer. It's not like he's just going to jack it up and go shot hunting. Really impressed with Tilly's play. Rui, Hachimura, all I'm going to say is, dang, they didn't even need him to do anything in this championship game. Dude's been an unbelievable difference maker on the floor, off the bench for this Bulldog team. Man, he is like, again, he is waiting to explode this March in his moment. He's going to have a run of plays sometime this March where you're just he's going to jump off the screen at you and everybody is going to champion him as like, wow, I didn't know that he was that good. He's that good. Mike and I have been on the Rui Hachimura bandwagon. You know, I, I don't know. How about not from day one, but from at least day two, okay? Uh, and we have compared him to Antetokounmpo from – the Bucks, as far as his skill set, he's not as long. He's not as uh, his wingspan isn't as wide. Obviously, um, you know he's not as impactful on defensive end yet as as Giannis is. But he has his body fluidity is very similar. The ground that he can cover while dribbling the ball is unbelievable. Really impressed with Rui. I think he, I think he's only going to get better, and I hope he just has a couple more flashes in March. Uh, Perkins and Melson, you, I love that they know their role. Um, shot clock gets down, they're going to create a shot or 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 a, a shot for somebody else. This team does not need anything drastic from its starting backcourt. It's unbelievably unique in that situation. We always say that guards win in March. And if this team is going to replicate what it accomplished last season by making a Final Four and a championship game, then guess what? Perkins and Melson don't need to do that much. They kind of need to take care of the ball, be ball hawks on defense like they've been doing, uh, not turn it over, and get the ball to Hachimura, to Tilly, to Williams, to Norvell, to Kitzburg. Uh, and, and, and just make sure they facilitate in the best way possible. So they don't need anything big from their backcourt, which is crazy and kind of comforting in some way. And Norvell Jr. is a dynamic wing. Um, he, he's a fearless driver. He, he bangs it from three. He had 17 points tonight in the, in, in the championship game. He's definitely a difference maker. He's a very unique athlete. And 
the other last part about uh, Gonzaga, and then we'll 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 move on, is any defensive rebound that they get is just the start of a fast break. Williams gets a, a defensive rebound. Boom, he takes a couple dribbles and goes up. He doesn't look for the outlet. Uh, Rui, you you see what he does. Holy smokes. Even Tilly at this point, he'll turn, and if he doesn't see the outlet right away, he can dribble up. Any single person on the court in that lineup, with Rui, Tilly, Williams, Perkins, Melson, Norvell, Kitzbert even, any one of those guys starts the fast break. The uniqueness and the versatility from the transition from the defensive end to the offensive end is unlike any other team I've seen. The roles mesh together and are so fluid that I think it's a gigantic advantage for them. Really looking forward to this team and how they do in March. Um, And if you haven't listened to uh, um, Mike Randall's training montage how uh, he breaks down the bracket. He broke down Bracketologist 3, uh, Jonathan Warner's bracket, uh, on our most recent uh, training montage. Please go do it. You will, as a, a Gonzaga follower, uh, you will appreciate how he breaks it down and how he gets to his final results. And then let's just end on St. Mary's, right? Coach Bennett, unbelievable coach, absolutely excellent, so successful in the WCC. However, his non-conference schedule is going to bite hard. He's banking on a lone win against Gonzaga and and not reaching the WCC finals. And I don't think they're going to find their name on Sunday. And we discussed this uh, with Mike on the previous podcast. I don't know. Will the Gales' loan-saving grace be Jacques Landell? Does framing a star player matter or factor in while they're selecting teams? Like, think Trey Young. Like I think they're going to put Trey Young in, and you know, an eight-nine game or something of that nature. Uh, is Landale like uh, at, with his All-American type status in some fashion similar to that? Does hanging a star, you know, on your team help you get in? I, I don't know. We'll see. But I say no. I don't think it does. I think you have to have the resume, and right now the resume is definitely lacking compared to a number of the other bubble teams that we're seeing. I think they're going to get left out. And I think they're going to play in the NIT. And I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in Madison Square Garden in the NIT. And then maybe they can say, hmm, maybe we should schedule a game that will get us to Madison Square Garden during the regular season so we don't have to end up here during the postseason. I think that's going to be the end of the result for St. Mary's. I just don't think they have enough on their resume with not making the finals and not having another opportunity to knock off uh, a very strong Gonzaga team. So, listeners, there's a short mid-major midweek rundown for you. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I just wanted to end the podcast on an unbelievably positive note for Mike and I. Uh, we elicit you to to please, uh, you know, hit us up on uh, on Twitter. Please follow the podcast, uh, SES Podcast, Efficiency of Keystrokes, of course, on Twitter. Uh, please follow Mike. He's unbelievably entertaining and insightful at Randall Rant on Twitter. You will not be disappointed with the follow if you decide to do that. So please go ahead and, and hit him up. Um, and we also ask for you guys to go to uh, RandallRant.com. You can check out Mike's short corner and you can hit up all of our previous podcasts there. 
that would be really, uh, we'd be really thankful if you check that those elements out as well. And the last part that we always ask is we ask that, can you please uh, hit up uh, Apple Podcasts and leave a nice review and, you know, tell us what you're thinking about the podcast and interact with us that way. And to be honest, listeners, we just want to say thank you. I'm just going to point out three beautiful uh, reviews that we got. Uh, thank you, Giants fan 96 quote from his review knowledgeable excellent podcasts thank you uh, so thankful giants fan thank you thank you for taking the, the five minutes to to punch out the stars and punch out the keystrokes to to write your kind review kindness is always cool also wanted to say thank you to Devin funch's god he just says excellent podcast phenomenal must listen thank you totally appreciate it i appreciate you taking the time mike and i are eternally grateful. Thank you. And we just want to give a final thank you to, to Jake the Snake, 33333. Jake the Snake left a very long uh, review. We're not going to read the whole thing. However, he ends with just keep up the good work, guys. So thank you, Giants fan 96 Thank you, Jake the Snake, 33333. And thank you, Devin Funches. God, we appreciate. Shout out. Ahoy to all of you. Thank you, you three, for giving the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast, a little love during your free time. Mike and I are just humbled. We blush and thank you. So listeners, we'll hit you back up later on this week. Before you know it, don't even worry. Mike and I will be back at it. Uh, We'll give you another mid-major later on this week. Mike and I will jump back in together and uh, butt some heads on a couple of things, I'm sure. Probably by the time you're done listening to this podcast. So we just want to say thank you. Cheers. Grazie. Arigato. Arigato.